Hi, my name's Jess Wood. I'm a single lady who uh, doesn't have a great time dating. I just don't know really how to do it. I always thought dating was like a joint and a compliment and I was blowing you in the corner. You know what I mean? Like a, hey, you're hot. You want to do it? Ah, okay. And that's just not correct. Hey, let's start the show. It's time for your favorite thing to do on a Tuesday. Get wood. My name's Jess. Who are you? My name's Jess. I don't have a clue. My name's Jess. Isn't it embarrassing? My name's Jess. Come on, y'all. Let's talk about some shit. Um, hi. Hi, everybody. It's so good to see you. I am so glad that you came around today. It's get wood time. Again, my name's Jess Wood. So nice to see you. So happy you're here. I cannot tell you how grateful I am for this. I really am. I really am, am. And uh, the dating stories are, it's true. I used to think it was just a joint and a compliment and that was it. Like when I talk to girls and they say, you know, and women and men even, a lot of people who really, who respect themselves, I guess it's called, <laughs> uh, they do three dates, three dates. You get to know somebody and maybe you go to dinner, you see how they treat a waiter, you uh, maybe talk about a, a movie or a book or something. You know, you go to a museum in the before times. Uh, but now, like, what's your favorite Zoom fucking show? I don't know. So in order to have a, a you know, maybe you want to take this person to bed, you kind of get to know them, right? But I never did that. And I feel like if I would have just one time gotten to know somebody and really paid attention to how they acted in the beginning, you know, when all your juicy hormones are splash, splash, are going wild and you kind of can't see, or at least I don't see a red flag, especially when I get picked up on, well, the last two places that I got picked up on, one was a laundromat. And I don't know why I thought that was so impressive that this boy is picking me up at the laundromat because you know what else? He didn't have his phone on him. And that to me was a huge turn on. And as I said to you before on the show, he quoted an old movie. And for me, if you quote an old funny movie, splash, splash mountain, panties all are falling down, onto the ground. Anyway, uh, never knew really how to date. Uh, really just, I never saw my mom do it. And I never, I never heard from my mom, you know, Jesse, you know what? Get to know them. It was always like, oh shit. If you got to know them, you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want them to insert themselves into you anymore. You know, you're like, oh God, I'm getting to know this guy. And I was, and it probably works the same, the other way too. People get to know me and they're like, Jesus, does she ever shut the up? I mean, my God. Um, but I do, I do. I'm, I'm quiet a lot of the time, actually folks and friends and focals. Um, mm, it's, it's so good to, I, again, I just, Sometimes I get just get filled with like this gratitude and this love and I just have to tell you about it and how much I love you and I know I get riled. I'm I'm riled from a child. I'm riled. Do you understand? Because oh look, I'm wiping my face. I do we is anyone paying attention anymore? There are variants. Anyway, I uh I never learned how to date and and my mom telling me that the reason she stayed with the guy that beat her up and slept with his guns, it's because we have great sex. Well, that'll confuse a kid. 
So I'm kind of dealing with all that. I'm also dealing with how judgmental I am. Do you ever do you ever listen to yourself? The thing is, because I'm not living with a guy right now, and a lot of times I would keep myself distracted by living with or dating a very, you know, unstable situation that I'd always be kind of distracted from my own shit. And I would easily blame them for the stuff that bothered. What's that noise? Who's in the thing? Get out of the way. But now I am only with myself. So guess what? Guess who has to take responsibility for being a fucking anxious Annie? Well, it's part of the deal. Accepting yourself part of the fucking deal. And I'm not making fun of accepting yourself. It's just that it's hard. So of course I put on a little voice because it's fucking hard to accept yourself and also to accept all the shit that you might be done before you've been right her and doing some good stuff. That old stuff just is all creeping around and shit like that. Yes, accountability, but loving yourself. You know what I mean, hearts? And I just feel like you, you, um, or we, as human beings, we can't help but hold on to these old stories about stuff. And, you know, I used to sit in a class in a, for Buddhism in, in New York City, and it was right on the Bowery. So it was very loud, and there were always drugs. Hey, fuck you, motherfucking meep, meep, and uh, you know, and a lot of that going on, which is really kind of exactly what my brain is doing. So to m- learn how to meditate and and sit with that and sit with all the stuff that comes up. I really I relate a lot of the the street noise to my noise in my head <laughs> because it is a lot of like, "Hey, fuck you," you know, because it's old stories. Um you know, when you have uh when you have a childhood that's a bit abrupt, we'll say, and it's hard to not take all the things, you know, with us and like carry them throughout life and be very attracted to people who remind us of our people. You know, I have to tell you, I talked to an ex-boyfriend the other day who I hadn't spoken to in a a bunch of years, really. And he and I have been friends. We've remained friends. But I have to tell you, because again, I've been alone and I don't have anyone to blame or anything to, you know, anywhere to put my shit except with myself. I was talking to this guy, and as soon as he started talking to me, I realized, wow, he's fucking angry, you know? And like I say, you we attract, right? We attract like how we are. And I was like, oh my God, I was I am also very angry and anxious and all this stuff. And I related to a lot of what he said. But the scary part was, was that he sounded exactly like the pirate, the wolf, you know, all the guys. And so the thread of anger and familiarity of that and then not having been with it in a long time. Like it's only been six months since I've been away from any of my wild men, but still six months is enough to just have to sit with yourself and, and, and not be distracted and think all these things that, you know, maybe like I told you last week, I, when my mom died or a couple weeks ago, when my mom died and I met the pirate it was like I didn't even have to grieve. I could just be distracted with this guy, you know? Whoo, the distractions, baby. Woo, but also the old stuff that just comes. And okay, I know I'm going like wildly quickly and I'm having like a lot come out in the first, I don't know, 10 minutes. But I think it's important that we uh, have fun 
talk about dating, talk about our styles of dating and how it can get sticky because we just see the people that we grew up with and and that's what we want. And it's so, we're so blind most of the time to how completely familiar it is. And we have to forgive ourselves for that, right? That's what I keep going back to is like, let's just be nice to ourselves, even though, yeah, I'm attracted to the very sad man who seems like maybe he's not doing so well. I'm like, I can help him. And it's like, Jessica, that's not your job. And so I have to continually remind myself and go, you know what? That's very kind of you. You're such a nice fucking bitch. (laughs) What a nice bitch who's filled with her ego who goes, I can help him. Now, listen, that's where it gets sticky, right? We think I'm so like, I'm so together. I could totally help this person. But actually... You, if you were together, you wouldn't want to help the person. <laughs> That's the sticky part, right? Because you go, oh shit, am I? Uh, how am I to date? How come I keep I keep talking shit about this guy, but how am I to date? You know. Now listen, I'm going to tell you a little something, and he knows that he's going to get talked about because I announce on this show if we're fucking, if we're flirting, if we're friends. We're t- I'm talking, and I'm not talking shit. I'm just telling my story, right, friends? Here we go. Okay, well, I don't know if y'all remember Mr. Fobble Fov. Okay, he hit me up, and he said, something, something, I'd love to come over and see how your bong hit. We're on the topic of dating, right? This man put out, that is the smoothest, most, and you know what he means by that, and sir, I'd like to know how your a bong hits. Now that's trouble because I think if I am just thinking about sucking a dick, I'm maybe not getting to know someone first. And again, did I, did I, or did I not open this show with saying, Hey, let's try to get to know people and recognize maybe some familiarities, some red flags and try to chill the fuck out and go, Oh, maybe I shouldn't uh, date the guy who is fucking sad. You know, if a guy says to me when we meet, oh, you're a comedian? I need to laugh more. I'm like, later, later, bro. I can't, what am, what am I, your fucking, what am I, your crusty the clown? Just because I'm a Jew and I'm a clown. Oh my God. Yeah, it's dating. Listen, I have, da- I've thought that I was dating like a, you know, up and and someone who's taking care of me because I have the smallest needs. Here's my small. Here's this. Here's my needs right here. The smallest fucking needs. He drove me home. Bitch, he's supposed to drive you home. What is he gonna put you on the bus? You fucking small need motherfucker. You know what I mean? And then oh well, he didn't try to fuck me the first night. He not try. He shouldn't try to fuck you the first. Night. And then I get confused. Oh, if he doesn't try to fuck me the first night, maybe he doesn't like me. Motherfucking gay ass. You know what I mean? And then you get all mad because a lot of men also. Let's cop to it, boys. You get mad too. This bitch trying to look all cute with the titties out, and then she doesn't want to fuck. You know, I talk a lot of shit, and then when the push comes to shove, I'm like, I don't know. Do I want to do this? I don't know. Is this bad for me? We got to be careful. I'm so grateful for the discussion. Let's, yeah, let's get ourselves together. Thanks, Alexis. Um, 
what a beautiful room we have right now chatting in the in the chat. Oh, well, just mention this really quickly. I am learning and getting a channel on Twitch. If anyone is excited about Twitch and the sitch, and the sitch on Twitch, I am very excited. It's mostly a gamer. Look at I made a face. Gamer. <laughs> it's cuz I'm an I'm an older person. I'm an, I'm a woman of a certain age. I'm a woman who doesn't game. And uh and you know what? I don't mind if a dude games. You know, it's better than the meth heads that I've hung out with. It's like, is he going to smoke a little meth or is he going to game? Probably the gaming is fine. You know what I mean? Again, very low standards. <laughs> very low standards. Well, he hasn't hit me. Okay, Jessica, can you take a little fucking love and pride in yourself, please, and put yourself up to a higher... I'm just... I let everyone know here... Because I want you to know you're not alone. If you have all these thoughts going through your head, just know that these thoughts, they're not correct. Our thoughts are, the only thing that thoughts are good for, well, T-H-O-T thoughts, you know what they're good for. Hey now. But thoughts with the G-H, they are not good for anything except not bumping into furniture. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So all we do all day as human beings, I think, I mean, I know I do. I just embarrass myself and then I'm enlightened in a moment and then I'm embarrassed again and then I'm enlightened and it's just, (laughs) I try to breathe through it. Um, So yeah, when looking for love or trying to put yourself out there, what happens? What happens? All I'm asking us all to do is to pay attention. That's it. We have no, you know, we can say we have no control. Uh, I've dated plenty of guys that have said, it's just who I am. It's just just how I am and who I am. And you just have to accept it, you know? And in a way, they were right. But in another way, let's grow together, shall we, sir? Let's try to evolve from this place that we met. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, let's try to make this a bigger, more enlightened, you know, learning session, shall we? Uh, all right. So I once dated a guy who I thought was taking really good care of me because he drove me around. And now again, it's a very small, low bar. He also had asked me what he was an Italian guy who was, he's kind of had a gamble. He was like a gambler. Well, he's a professional gambler. Uh, statue of limitations is up. I can talk about this full. So he asked me one night when we were at my studio apartment in Bushwick, Brooklyn, where I lived above a chicken, live chicken house. Yeah. In uh, Bushwick. Well, long time ago, long, 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 long time ago. Uh, <laughs> they house chickens. Uh, for folks to come and buy live, to take home, to kill, to eat, or do whatever they want. I am not a judger of what you want to do with your goddamn chicken. Even if you're a chicken fucker, I don't give a fuck. It's how you do your thing. You bought that chicken. That chicken is yours. So I lived above this chicken place. Uh, I had a doorman. He was a crackhead, but he was was always there, always opened the door. Um, and my boyfriend at the time, Italian guy from Long Island. So he was like, Whoa, your fucking house. It's like training day over here. It's fucking like training day. And I was like, that's not a compliment. Do you know what? If you know the movie training day, it's all gangs, drugs and scary streets. So he was giving me a ride home and I thought, what a, what a guy. Oh my God. What a guy. He was also a bigger fella. So he'd always do this with his shirt. How you doing, Toots? How you doing, Toots? He called me Toots a lot. Uh, I met some guys that he worked with in the gambling industry, and they were all named like Fish, 
and ace and quattro. You know what I mean? And I was like, I don't, okay. So he, he was totally, that's my type. That's my type. The professional gambler. So when he asked me one evening when we had just made love on the floor of my Bushwick Brooklyn apartment where I had not only roaches, but mice and, um, Hey Clay. And, uh, he asked me, Hey Toots, uh, you know, my brother's going to be getting a shipment of, uh, you know, a couple things going to be falling off a truck in the next couple of weeks. I'm saying, I'm going to put in a couple of orders. What is it you would like? Would you would like a, uh, a bed? perhaps, because we are here sleeping on the floor, or would you perhaps like a television set? And uh, because, I, as, as, I, as I had said before, it's very nice that you have a clock radio, but uh, let's get into the modern ages, you know? So what, do you, what would you like, babe? You want, a, you want a bed or you want a television set? And so I said, uh, oh, I want a bed. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. And then I blew him, you know, I blew him for a bed. I mean, I blew him cause he was my boyfriend, but also a little extra cause he's from the bed. So I, uh, am waiting, you know, dutifully like a good girl would. And by the way, the first night that we like hung out, he was now it wasn't so much a joint and a compliment and I started dating him it was more a ride and a finger bang and that was exactly why I started dating him was because well he got lost in Brooklyn taking me home to Bushwick the first night from the comedy club and he was a comic I shouldn't date comics should not date comics ever ever there's no excuse ever do you do you want to see two sad clowns together would you like to see a double homicide suicide <laughs> fucking it's hard trust me i've done it numerous times um anyhow he uh was driving me home the first night got lost and just shoved his hand into my pants at a red light hey hey what whoa what's my hand doing what what the hey now <laughs> and i was like oh my god i don't even know what are you doing it's a red light and then we started dating and then it was like you're my boyfriend and he loved it at my apartment so Jessica did he bring you the bed did he bring you the television you know I wanted the bed so bad I was like the bed the bed because the night after he asked me Toots you want the bed or you want the television I uh and I requested the bed I had my cat Juanita rest in peace Juanita um she had a mouse in her in her mouth coming back to me you know they're proud they're proud little ones and you want to make them happy and you don't want to scold them because you want them to kill the fucking rodents that are in your studio apartment in Bushwick Brooklyn however I'm asleep on the floor this bitch coming at me with the, the mouse on the floor. Like, we're just eye to eye. She's got the mouse, just eye to eye. And I'm like, oh, good, good girl, but not into the bed. Like, it was just horrendous and frightening and scary. There's a mouse. So uh, he comes back with the with the big present, and I'm so excited. And he's like, Toots, meet me downstairs. I need your help. We might need your crackhead doorman's help. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, this is so exciting. I'm going to get a new bed. I'm going to get a new bed. I don't have to sleep with the mice anymore. Well, he got me a TV. Yeah, he got me a TV. 
Um, he got me a TV when I wanted a bed and I needed a bed because the fucking mice were coming with the, with the cats and the mice and the roaches and the rats and the roosters and the chicken downstairs. <laughs> you haven't lived to, so he brought me the TV and I said, what is the TV? I asked for the bed. We re- I really need a bed. I'm on the floor with the mice and the rats and the roaches and the bed and the whole thing. And he goes, ah. I, I wanted to watch a couple movies, you know? Every time I come over here, I want to watch, like, a couple movies. And you never have a fucking movie, and you always want to, you know, be with the radio on. Who fucking cares about the radio? I want to watch a television, you know, watch television. And I was like, oh, okay. And then this <laughs> So I continued to be on the floor. This motherfucker brought me a TV. Now, should I not be happy? I mean, I was grateful. Now, I, I shouldn't have blown him as hard as I did for that motherfucker. I thought I was getting a bed. I gave him a bed blowjob. Do you know what I mean? Like, a new bed blowjob is way better than a new TV blowjob. Get, 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 get your shit straight. So this motherfucker, I was just like, okay. But I mean, have you ever lived? Okay, I don't know if you've ever lived anybody. Even Maybe Josie knows what I'm talking about because she lives in Hawaii. But let me ask you something. Have you ever lived by a live live animal area? Like these were live chickens on the first floor of my apartment building. Live motherfucking chickens. And my Hasidic landlord, when I complained, and I was like, all I hear are chickens every day, every night. I just hear chickens you know like I'm doing dishes you know and uh, it's just chickens all the time fucking chickens uh and my my landlord goes "Ah, pretend you're in the country and I was like what country Puerto Rico what the fuck is happening because it was like bang dang dang bang bang like there was musica coming from the next door of the 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 shop um, and then underneath me, I had the, the chickens and the chickens and the and the bank, 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 bank. And then I had to walk around and have a fucking life after I lived in this nightmare of a chicken house, musica, goddamn nervous breakdown. You're not supposed to say N-E-R-V-O-U-S anymore, okay? Don't say it. it it's spelling. You know when you say shit about yourself, it's a spell. So don't do it, witches. Okay, and warlocks. <laughs> Sorry. So anyway, bang, da, dang, dang, bang, 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 You know, everywhere I went, I heard a goddamn chicken. The goddamn chickens, I heard them everywhere. Like everything I heard was chicken. Do you understand what I'm talking about here? I'll explain. I walk down the street. Maybe I walk by a school. Lovely. Children playing. Okay, that was that. Then maybe walking down the street. I'm in New York City. There's a lot of traffic. I mean, it is all fucking chicken, okay? So, except in the nighttime. In the nighttime, it would settle down, and the chicken noises would get very quiet, and I wouldn't be able to hear the chickens as much because, I have to tell you, I had a neighbor girl. Now, listen, I'd never seen her in real life. I'd never, I don't have any idea what she looked like, but goddammit, I heard her stories almost every night. And you know what she did? She was a hooker. And you know what? No judgment. God bless this bitch. She's getting hers. Hey now, say now. Just getting her shit. Now together, the yeeks out. So I would be woken up because we had drywall, as I said, 
Now I'm a Jew. I'm going to fuck with my Hasidic landlord a bit. Motherfucker, this should have been at least a one-bedroom apartment. But no, he made it into like five studio apartments because he put a little piece of drywall in between and said, now this is apartment eight. This is apartment nine. And I was like, motherfucker, this is eight, nine, and ten are one apartment. Yeah. Anyhow, so it was very small little piece of something be- between me and homegirl. And that's also how come I could hear the fucking chickens because it's the thinnest, thinnest paper, paper walls. Okay. This girl would come home 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning, and sometimes she'd have friends over so she could tell her stories about the evening. Of course, you're going to tell your stories. I love to tell stories. Let's tell some fucking stories, bitch. Let's tell our story. Now, she would just launch. She would just launch. And I don't know, maybe she had a couple drinks after work. Maybe she was drinking while she worked. Fuck, if I was a hooker right now, I would drink while I worked. Okay. She comes home and she's like, okay, let me prepare. Let me prepare this character. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, Joe's like, we're all living together. Exactly. So I hear her pee. I hear her pee. That's how much I could hear her. So when she's giving her dialogue, you know I fucking wrote shit down. I wrote it down because it was so classical. Why was it classical? Because we're in Bushwick, Brooklyn, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning. Homegirl just starts off. Well, you know I was like, I was like, uh, uh, yeah, papi. I was telling him, yeah. I was saying like, yeah, papa. But I was thinking in my head like, Ugh, this fucking nasty ass fucking white man. He's so fucking nasty. But in the in the reality of like the room, I was like, oh yeah, Papa. Oh, that's so good right there. Like I couldn't even believe that I was even moist at all. Like I was even wet at all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like they were and then other screams of other friends. But a couple times when my Italian mobster boyfriend gang, you know, whatever he was, gambler, uh boyfriend was over, he was like this is uh this is fucking this is gold like this is fucking gold right here like we should fucking be recording this shit and i was like i don't think so sir we can listen i can write it down there's no recording of this young lady do you hear her she is a wild cat so she uh inevitably would get to the this part of the story where she was like you know i don't even like dick i'm like so into licking pussy and like having my pussy fucking licked and like none of these fucking dudes can do it right anyways like none of my johns like sometimes they're like oh i want to go down on you i want to go down on you and i'm like all right i guess so but it's like i have to fake it again and again and again and these fools don't even know like they don't even know you know so i uh i would just write everything down and i thought to myself wow 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 this young lady is first of all she's doing us all a goddamn fear. She's doing a, a goddamn godsend. She's like a heavenly angel from the gods. You know what I mean? She's taking dick that would most likely uh, otherwise be outside running about trying to get something going. And she is taking that dick. Yes, for a fee. Yes, I understand. But I believe service. She's doing a service. She's like the goddamn Salvation Army. But she's like the Salvation Army. (laughs) What? A bitch is funny. Have you shared this with your friends yet? Okay. Okay. (laughs) 
Um, okay, let's get serious for a second. Oh no, serious? I don't know. But really, let's get, let's, 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 <laughs> not all heroes wear capes. Thank you, Al. You know what? It's true. And when I say to people like, ooh, she's my heroine. And then I'm like, you know, it's better to have her than that shit I had in the 90s that was almost going to make me die. That it is that having a lady heroine is much better than having that brown powdered shit or the blocks of the black. Um, listen, uh, I want to just take this moment, just a moment, a moment, a moment, and say uh, that it was a very fucked up couple few weeks months whatever for us uh who had lost our heroes in the hip-hop community i just want to say because i haven't mentioned uh dmx black rob and especially last week shock g of digital underground now shock g to me was one of my absolute favorite 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 like he shock g the one who put the satin on your panties like come on that shit and if you have not listened to sex packets if you don't know what sex packets is please go to your neighborhood online music shopping center and get your ass the sex packets because digital underground so ahead of their time i mean yeah dmx he's he was a rough rider and of course i love a rough ride uh and black rob whoa you know like we were all like like whoa when he died we're like whoa and um oh and and but i cried shock g i cried i cried 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 for shock g uh humpty dance who cares that wasn't even their best and everybody loved the humpty dance come on everybody did the humpty dance is your chance do the hump uh oh and he discovered tupac he brought tupac to our to us he, he brought he's responsible for bringing tupac to us okay <sighs> and i'm talking about talking about sex packets is uh, and this is uh, what how long this 30 years ago or something like that you guys now when they were talking about sex packets and that is literally virtual sex right now like when people have the virtual sex shit that's what they were on they were on that shit anyway oh i got cried i got cried so much and then you know you cry because well i have a friend who's been in the hospital and i cry for him i want a big big shout out to bb he's uh fucking still he's hanging on man but god damn it some people are just so fucking sensitive for this life do you know what i'm saying and this man bb i'll tell you his full name buck ball because i love him so goddamn much and i hope i don't cry cry during this part but i mean i have to just say Buck Ball and I met because he is a storytelling genius, teacher, and teller. Uh, I took a class from this gentleman, and he helped me take my story and not continue to tell it in the age that I was during that story does that make sense to you like every time I told my stories or even did my stand-up I was very guilty of this I would drop into almost like a time travel into that age of a kid that I was at that time and it would really fuck with the with the crowds because the audience wants you to 
wants to know that you're okay. And if I'm coming from a place of like a 12 year old who, you know, is, is smoking PCP and is kind of like rough and has a little fucking chip on her shoulder. A lot of the audience is going to go, what the hell's going on here? But if I come at the story from now and I comment on it, and I actually look at how insane that shit was. Yes, smoking PCP, gangsters, uh, hippie parents, no underpants. You, we could go on forever. You, you watch the show. My ass has got a crazy fucking past. This man helped me figure out how to tell the stories from here now as a witness can I get a witness? That's what I'm talking about. When you witness your own stuff, your own self, and you take a little bit of love and you go, ooh, can you all believe that that, I survived that, not I'm in this and I'm drowning. So he helped me really grow up a lot on stage grow up and take responsibility for the embarrassments, the enlightenments, the shitty relationships, the crazy childhood, instead of living back in it. Just very, it's hard not to do it in just everyday life. This whole show has been about that, about how, how hard it is to just continue to let ourselves grow and be, you know, uh, gentle with ourselves and forgive ourselves for all the shit that happened in the past and all that stuff. It's in, it's in everything. Every moment, if you start to get caught up in your head and you start to get those thoughts and the fear and everything, trust me, I wake up every day mortified, mortified. How the fuck are we not going to be mortified right now? I mean, unless you're some sort of trust fundian, uh, person or you have a great big plan or a great big savings nook or whatever the fuck how, it's hard right now on your old mental so what do we do we try to show up for ourselves and be gentle gentle mental like my pal joseph gay says so big prayers out to black rob dmx shock g uh yeah and my friend Buck. May he get better. Healthy recovery. My Bucky. Yeah. And, um, oh, I just got real, like, feel. I just felt that feeling. So thank you. Thank you for letting me feel all my stuff. Thank you for letting me be authentically who I am and not having to apologize for who I am, what I say, and this is more important to me than you guys could ever even imagine. Oh, shit. She got it. And it was only when I told you how important you were. It's all you. You made me do this. <laughs> Why you got to make me well up, yo? It's not a good look. It doesn't look good live. It's like real shiny and shit. But what are you going to do? Uh, what the fuck are you going to do? Can't do nothing. What are you going to do? You're going to accept yourself. Again, hi, you're fine. You're great. I love you. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I get you a television set. 
case you wanted a, in case you wanted a bed. <laughs> I'll get you a TV, babe. Don't you worry about it. Um, <laughs> all right. So I, lastly, I want to just tell you, I know I'm going a little bit over, but I want to leave you with a fun, a fun little story that happened to me. And also I'm going to drop a couple of names right now that I think are so important. Um, first off, I want to thank with all my heart, Christy and Billy, uh, for donating such a beautiful, uh, donation, uh, for me, the Amana. You know, when you send me money, it you don't understand. It helps me, like, get groceries. It helps me pay my rent. It helps me uh, just maintain this delicious and delightful show. So I just want to say a huge shout-out to Christy and Billy this week who just dropped some on me, and I just want to say thank you. Um, I also would like to bring up a very important photographer of my generation, and I don't know if a lot of you – follow him, but I want you to follow him if, if you can on Instagram. His name is Merrick Morton, Merrick Morton, M-M photo. And um, he uh, documented a lot of the gangsters in Los Angeles in the 80s and 90s. And he has fantastic shots, unbelievable, beautiful shots. He also worked on uh, Blood In, Blood Out, and I think on Colors, I think. I know for sure Blood In, Blood Out, though. So anyway, so if you haven't seen Blood In, Blood Out or Colors or Mi Vida Loca, these are the gangster films that I think are really important for you to see. Uh, Boulevard Nights, another fantastic um, film. But Mi Vida Loca is is close to my heart because um, uh, it, w- it was shot in L.A., as, as a lot of those were. But Merrick Morton, I don't know if he did the stills for Mi Vida Loca, but he did the still photography for Blood In, Blood Out, as I said. So I'm at the store the other day, and there are these two boys in front of me, and I call them boys because they're in their 20s, and one of them's got a bandana as the mask, and one of them's got, yeah, Echo Parque, my lily, ow, Echo Parque, fool, that's right, dummy. You know, fool and dummy are terms of endearment in the essay uh, uh, community. So, um, <laughs> I see these boys and one of them's got a bandana and one of them has a mask and the kid with the mask on, I notice it's a black and white photo and then I keep looking at it and I'm like, oh shit, that's a still from Blood In, Blood Out. So as we get a little closer, I mean six feet because we're in the grocery, I said, hey man, is that a Blood In, Blood Out? Uh, <laughs> is that a Blood In, Blood Out um, mask? And he goes, yeah, wow. And then his friend turns to me and he goes, that's old school, old school. And I was like, okay, boys, let's settle on calling me a grandma (laughs) in the line here. But because they engaged with me, I engaged back and I said, listen, you know, I, I know it's a great, I said, the photographer is Merrick Morton. Follow him if you can on your socials. He's fantastic. His work is fantastic. I don't know if he got paid for that, but I hope somebody sends him a dollar or two, right? So, uh, and they say, wow, you, I can't believe you know Blood In, Blood Out. I go, well, I was raised in Los Angeles. And during certain years in Los Angeles, every single neighborhood had a gang. And I mean, I'm talking like the Jewish kids, the Asian kids, the black kids, the Spanish kids, like everyone had a gang. And some neighborhoods 
people were integrated into the gang. Like 18th Street had, they had white boys, they had black kids, they had Mexican kids. Like they were like, who would like to kill for us? <laughs> we will become the biggest, largest gang in Los Angeles. But um, because that was what was happening and I was a teenager and uh, also very into the culture of uh <sighs> essays and, and, and low riders and I mean, gangster, I guess oldies. I mean, and everything appealed to me again. We'll go back to the, it's very familiar. Reminds me of my family. Yes. My mom lived with a man who slept with his guns. It was a dangerous vibe. And yet very funny. A lot of the time as well, like the Cholos. So fucking funny. So funny. The funniest people I've really ever met. And I think as a grown up now, I realize you have to have a great sense of humor when your friends are dying all the time. Two, three, message. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You know, Tib. Tib knows. Hey now, say now. Um, anyway, listen, Barry. Uh, you know, Barry, I'm in Albuquerque, right? My love. Anyway, message. And if you know that movie, you know that movie. Whoa. Hey, now I'm having earthquakes. Oh, I'm going over. So over. Anyway, uh, Merrick Morton. So I also would love you to see, uh, you have like assignments on this show. Do you love it? You have assignments and then you'll send me a, an email <laughs> on my desk tomorrow morning. By uh, listen to sex packets by digital underground. Follow Merrick Morton photo on Instagram and watch Blood In, Blood Out and Mi Vida Loca and perhaps even Boulevard Nights. Hey, Rob. Uh, but Mi Vida Loca, and I'll end with this, My Crazy Life. Uh, it's a it's the, the story of the girls affected in the gang and the gang life and, you know, friendships, relationships, uh, motherhood. Um, all this stuff, losing people. So she covers, it's Alison Anders is this, was, uh, she's still alive, but she was the director and she happened to see me and a few of my friends out in Hollywood one day. I can't remember where we were, maybe on Melrose or something. Anyway, growing up in Hollywood, you know, you're walking around. We didn't have cars when we were kids. So we just walked around everywhere and we looked mi vida loca. We were like crazy life, especially back, you know, when it was like really gang infested in Los Angeles, me and my girlfriend, another white girl that I used to hang out with, we would wear the M's, you know, they called me fucking uh, golden arches because it looked like McDonald's golden arches because blonde M's. Anyway, uh, mi familia, yes, mi vida loca. So anyway, Allison Anders saw me and my girlfriends who were all cholat out and she asked us if we would want to come and see a preview of her new movie called Mi Vida Loca and that we could uh, give some feedback and tell her what we thought and if we, you know, if we really liked it. And I was like, oh my God. Oh yes, American Me also. Yes, thank you. Also, Stand By Me. I mean, there's a lot of, not Stand By Me, but uh, American Me is great. Uh, uh, you know, La Bamba. I mean, I have so many movies that are um so anyway maybe to look at so so she gave me the the phone number to her office the production office in hollywood and i called a couple days later to be like hi you know we met allison and she told us we met and they were like no who no you're not 
No. So we never got to go. And we were like, fuck that. Fuck that. Oh, yeah. Stand and deliver. Thank you. Ooh, Manali. Um, Killing it with all the movies. Yos. Um, so Mi Vida Loca, made by women, starring women. She used a lot of real uh, Echo Park residents for the uh, for the film, uh, hired locally. And I was really bummed out that we couldn't get to go see it. But when we did finally see it in the films, thank you, Al. Yeah, f- what the fuck? But we were just kids. Again, if a bunch of kids had showed up at my production studio or called and been like, hey, what's up? Allison said we should come and see the movie. And they're like, I don't really know. Well, apparently she didn't give them the message. Anyway, we finally got to go see it. And I mean, we loved it. We thought it was so good. I cry, cried. I mean, you know, I have a, I love a little cry, cry. Cause you know why? I never cried as a kid. Motherfucker, you think I'm going to go to a fucking funeral for some cholo that I knew and I'm going to be like, oh my God. I'm going to be like, damn, this sucks. Damn, fuck, eh? This sucks. Yeah. For years. It just like sucked. But now I'm like, "Ah, I love you guys. (laughs) So you have assignments, yeah? Uh, Mi vida loca. Digital underground sex packets and be nice to yourself. How about that? Be gentle. I will leave. I promise I'm leaving now. I am so excited to see you again. You know, the funny thing is I realized that I used to do this twice a week and now I'm not doing my Friday night shows. So I miss seeing you guys. Oh, you lived in East LA. So you knew all this stuff. What years were you in East LA, Holmes? Because that shit was fucking going off. say. And then the fucking white supremacist cops came into L.A. and Echo Park, East L.A., fucking um, Silver Lake. And they, you know what the law, what the fucking, they came up with this most racist, fucking insane law. It was almost like the Zoot Suit riots again. You ready for this fucking law? They put into effect, if there are three or more uh, Latin guys, I mean, it was just blatantly fucking racist, uh, that they're a gang. If there are three or more hanging out, they're a gang. Are you out of your goddamn fucking mind? So you know what that, you know what happened? And you know it was behind it, motherfuckers. You know it was behind it. Real estate. Yeah. Fucking greedy white people, real estate. Yeah. So they're like arresting, you know who they're arresting? Men, their sons, their grandpas, uh, an uncle. These mother, a motherfucker having a domino game and the police come up. What gang are you in? Bitch, I'm trying to win. Slappy. Slappy. Fucking dicks. Anyway, so a lot of the a lot of the uh, neighborhood changed. Echo Park, Silver Lake, East LA used to be yeah gang injunction. Thank you, my boo boo head. I hate hate hate. You know I grew up in Los Angeles, so and I grew up the way I grew up. So you know I got roughed up by those fucking LAPDs. I got roughed up. I got sexualized. I got fucking uh, assaulted. Like fuck those fucking pigs. You know all the pigs. Fuck them. A cab baby. A cab. That's right. Cause it's not the fucking like D. L. Hughley said. It's not a rotten apple. It's a fucking tree, and it's the roots. And you gotta fucking poison those fucking roots, and don't let that shit grow no more. Don't let that shit grow. Book, book, book down on them cops. Book, book down. You know, you got to be careful what you say online, Jessica. You're going to get shadow banned again. Um, anyway, I just speak my truth. 
So everyone, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Be kind. If you see some injustice going on outside, stand up and speak out for and against these motherfuckers. Speak up for peace. Speak up for love. Speak down on hate. Speak down on ignorance. Let's be good. Yeah. Mm, I cannot tell you again how much I love you. Uh, Venmo, Jess, Dash, Wood, Dash, 69. Um, <laughs> there's a YouTube channel, Jess Wood 69. Come on, what is it with you with your sex talk? Uh, so yeah, subscribe, uh, tell your friends, share, please share. That's how these things go. You share them. You share, and then I get to be uh, liked even more and my self-esteem. Mwah. I love you guys so much. I cannot even tell you. Remember I got cry cry earlier? Succotash. <laughs> I try to be tough and then you guys just break me down with your love and your support. Um, okay. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. I love you. I love you. I love you. I'll see you on, see you next Tuesday. <laughs> What is she doing? I don't 